0: Grab your Bibles and open them with me. We're going to be starting a new series this morning. And uh, as you get your Bible ready, if you like to take notes, you can grab that outline. If not, you know the rule. Tell the person next to you, I'm too cool to take notes. You take them for me. Uh, and they will be our designated note taker for you. How many have ever had the, the package of noodles... That cost about three cents, and you can get through college eating on those. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. Well, what are those called? Ramen. Yeah. That's what they told me when I got to college. Ramen noodles. But growing up, my mom always called them romaine noodles. And uh, I'll never forget the day in the dorm, my freshman year in college, I said, hey, guys, let's get some romaine. And they looked at me and said, what? What are you talking about? What are you saying? Do you mean ramen? I'm like, yeah, Romaine. And and they said, that's not what it's called. It's called noodles. I'm like, no, it's not. And they said, look at the package. I looked at it and I thought, my mom has been wrong all these years. (laughs) It's amazing the things that that you hear over and over and over. And and pretty soon, just because you've heard it so much and everybody around you says it that way, you just go, well, that's how you say it. Today, I want to share a message with you that I need to give you a fair warning. Um, Some of you, you, you may hear it and go, I don't know. I don't know. I've always... Heard that word differently, and it's not going to be a pronunciation though. I'll probably pronounce something wrong this morning, but that's not the point. But it, it's it's the meaning of this word. I don't know if I've grown up hearing that word with this kind of meaning, and and I want us to look at what God's word has to say on the topic of leadership today. I'll be starting a 2, point, two, point, uh, two part series on leadership called "Lead Where You Are." Say, well, Pastor Brady, I I'm not a leader. Well, I would say to you this morning, yes, you are a leader. Every person in this room who loves Jesus with their life, they are a leader. We're going to talk about leadership today and next Sunday. You might be saying, well, Brady, I'm still not sure if I'm going to bind the fact that you're calling me a leader, but even if I'm a leader, I'm not very interested in leading. Could I... Softly but sternly encourage you, you better be interested about leading, because every single one of us is going to be held accountable before God for what He's entrusted to us, and we are going to be judged based on what we have done with what He's given us. Friend, you are a leader, and God is calling you to lead. Whether you are a stay-at-home mom or you work outside the home, you are a leader. Whether you are young or old, you are a leader. Whether you're married or single, you're a leader. Whether you are male or female, you are a leader. Whether you work on the assembly line or you manage people who work on the assembly line, you're a leader. Whether you have a corner office or you have no office, you're a leader. And here's why this principles on leadership is so important. Look at Proverbs 29, verse 2. It'll be on the screen. Proverbs 29, verse 2. When the godly are in authority... The people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan. Leadership is important because when godly leadership is is taking place, everyone around is blessed. When leadership that is not godly takes place, everybody around will groan and will pay the price. Leadership is important. And it's not just for a certain class of people. Every believer in Jesus Christ is a leader. You show me where there is chaos and confusion, I'll show you where authentic biblical leadership is not being exercised. Show me a marriage where chaos and confusion is, I'll show you a marriage where biblical leadership is not taking place from either partner. Show me a family where chaos and confusion is, I'll show you a family where leadership is not being exerted. I realize when I say leadership, there's a lot of things that come to our mind. Because I want to argue today that even though you've heard this word over and over, and you've stuck things onto this world, and our culture has stuck phrases and ideas onto this word of what a leader is and what leadership is, I want us to look at what the Bible talks about leadership, and, and I believe, Scripture tells us, in this context, every Christian is a leader. But to get at that, we need to look at what biblical leadership is not. Okay? Biblical leadership is not just a position. And you may say, I'm not a leader... Who am I? I don't have a nameplate on my desk. I don't have a, a title on my door. I don't have anything on my business card. I don't have the position. A position does not mean that you are a leader. Now, hopefully those in a position are leading biblically. But just because you have a position doesn't mean that you are leading. Biblical leadership is more than a position. Biblical leadership is not just a personality. Sometimes we think of a type A personality or, or someone that we've grown up with that exhibits leadership gifts. And we think, well, to be a leader, I've got to have their personality. And, and you may say, because I'm quiet, then, then I, I can't be a leader. Wrong. There are quiet, strong leaders. There are loud, boisterous leaders you can be a leader regardless of your personality. Biblical leadership, it's not just about a position. It's not just about a personality. And it's also not just about telling people what to do. Now, sometimes when we lead, we need to give instruction. But you may say, I don't have anybody that I'm telling them what to do. I don't have any kids, possibly. Or, or I, I don't have anybody in my sphere of, of, of management that I tell them what to do. So I'm not a leader. And hey, leading is more than telling somebody what to do. It's not about position only. It's not about personality. It's not about telling people what to do. Biblical leadership is not about being charismatic in your personality. It's not this ability to just draw the masses. Some people exclude themselves from being a leader biblically because they go, you know what? I'm just not a Pied Piper. when When I hang out my shingle, there's not just thousands of people come knocking down my door, so I must not be a leader. That's not what biblical leadership is about. Biblical leadership is also not about being in charge. It's not about always having the authority. You know, you are called to lead sometimes when there's somebody in authority over you, it's called leading up. There's times when we lead down, but, but there's a call to lead up. Sometimes the most challenging leadership uh, opportunities or, or hurdles we come up against is, is leading up with someone who has authority over us, but we need to set the example in our leadership. And the sixth one, which won't be on the screen, it's not in your notes, but biblical leadership is not the absence of following. Sometimes we say, well, I, I, I'm not a leader, I'm just a good follower. Friend, that doesn't disqualify you from being a leader. In fact, that is fertile ground for great leadership. Every great leader must be a good follower as well. Now, these might be your definition of leadership, and, and the words that been up here we associate with that. And I understand it may make this message seem a little bit strange, but just because I called it romaine noodles all my life didn't change the fact that the package said ramen. And I don't want you to just take my word for it, but I want to look at God's word together and And just because we've been accustomed to this or our culture has said this, doesn't mean that leadership is what culture has told us. And let's look what the Bible has to say about it. I want us to look at one leader who, who never owned a home. He never personally wrote a book. He never held any elected office. He never had a family like we think of it. He never went to college. He never put one foot... In a metropolis, he never went farther than 200 miles from where he was born. He had no credential but himself. And yet for 2,000 years, he's been the greatest leader that has ever walked the earth. And it's Jesus. Jesus was a leader like the world had never seen. And he is calling us to lead right where we are. Jesus says, If you follow me, I will send you to lead others to follow me as well. You see... You may say, I'm not a leader, I'm just a good follower. But as I said, that may be true, but that doesn't get you off the hook for being a leader. See, every good leader must be a good follower. And in turn, followers must lead people to the one that is leading them. We bought into this myth that there are too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Biblically, this is not a model for leadership. Just one or two and everybody else just Follows. God is calling us as Christians, carriers of the Great Commission, those who have the good news, to lead where we are at. God calls every believer to this. But our tendency is to rather complain about leadership than to lead ourselves. Some of us are more comfortable whining, complaining, grumbling about those who lead than actually stepping up and leading ourselves. But God's Word is clear. It calls us to lead. Now... Many people say, well, even if I could lead, I don't, I don't want to lead. Scripturally, it's our responsibility to lead. You, you can't remain the same person you are today and lead, and so it costs you something, and some are not willing to do that. But God has always been looking for men and women who are willing to lead right where they are at through the power of His Spirit. Let's look at some examples in Scripture. All throughout Scripture, we find examples of God using people who were unlikely to lead through. Here's some everyday leaders in Scripture. First, Moses. Moses was a shepherd, and God used him to liberate a million people from the most powerful nation on earth at that time. Now, Moses was not someone that you look at and you go, There is a leader. No. You look at Moses, and what would you see? Somebody who's got a poor self-image. Who's unsure of himself. He was a bad public speaker. He was impatient, he was disobedient at times, and he wanted to do his things his way most of the time. He was bad at delegating. Any of those credentials sound familiar to you? God said, you are my leader. I want to work through you. Gideon, he was a farmer. He was skeptical. He was often doubting God. He didn 't have great family connections he was not of the largest clan he was of the smallest clan and he didn 't know a lot of people like others did and yet God used him to defeat mighty armies and he was a leader in god 's eyes. We find Priscilla she was a tent maker she was a woman in a man 's world. she lived in a time where women were viewed just a little bit higher than the property of cattle and didn 't have the rights that men had in that day and Yet she still impacted people around her. She impacted Apollos. And Apollos got his feet on the right track and he had a great ministry and impacted many people. And in turn, she was a great leader by leading right where she was at with what God had given to her. Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote a book. It was a great book, but it got a bad review by the king. And it was very, very unpopular, and therefore Jeremiah became very, very unpopular. People criticized him. They didn't like him, and it got to Jeremiah, and he kind of had some soft skin in it, and it hurt him, and, and he wasn't so sure of himself. Yet God used him to be a straight shooter, and Jeremiah was committed to the truth. Timothy, he was a pastor. He was a young pastor, and in spite of these obstacles, many people thought he was too young, and that he couldn't lead and often he would possibly feel you know intimidated by the age of the people he was called to lead but God still used Timothy all of these people in spite of their obstacles God called them to be leaders you know what God says about you and I he says that we are carriers of the same good news the same gospel and we are to be leaders as well no one in this room has an excuse not to lead No one. I try to tell you this is going to sound, I don't know about this. Just hang with me. Don't take my word for it. We're going to look at some scripture here together in just a second. You might say, well, well, Pastor Brady, I don't have confidence to be a leader. Neither did Moses. He didn't have confidence. You might say, I don't have the right position. I, I don't have the right cultural things. Neither did Priscilla. She didn't have position or prestige or she didn't have any of those things culturally. And yet she still led where she was. You might say, well, well, people just don't like me, Brady. I mean, leaders, they have to be charismatic and people like them. Hey, they didn't like Jeremiah very much. But he spoke the truth and, and he stood for what God called him to stand for and he led and God used him. You might say, I'm too young or I'm too old. That's past my time. I'm not of the right age you know what? Timothy didn't think he was the right age either. Everyone else didn't think he was the right age. But God used him and he led right where he was at, right when God told him to lead. He said, well, Pastor Brady, you're kind of calling me out today. This is summer and I've been outside in the sun and hanging out at the lake. I want to come to church and be blessed. Don't yell at me. I'm not trying to yell at you, but I love you enough to say, hey, friend. This is what God is calling us every single Christian is a leader in this biblical context. You say, well, well, why don't people lead then? Well, most people don't lead because of their fear. I'm too afraid of what people will think. Or this, I'm too afraid of what it will cost me. If we're honest, we'll use the first as an excuse for the real root of the problem of the second. Oh, you won't want me. Really what I'm saying is, I don't want to do that. Because when I'm leading, I can't stay the same. I've got to be growing and, and I can't lead where I'm not willing to go. And so I've got to go some places that maybe I, I haven't been before and, and yet it's fear. You say, well, Brady, what is, what is leadership? I want to give us five words that I believe the Scripture gives to us about biblical leadership today. And I want us to unpack that. But before I do, this definition of leadership, I want to make sure I'm, I'm clear with you today. You may ask, well, Pastor Brady... Do you believe that leadership is a spiritual gift? Yes, I do. Do you believe that every single person has every single spiritual gift? No, I do not. Scripture does not teach that. Well, you just said that every person's a leader. Yes, I did. But you just said that not everybody has the spiritual gift of leadership. Yes, I did. Well, are you confused? What's the problem? No, no. It's just like serving. Or the gift of helps. Some people have the spiritual gift of the gift of helps, of serving. Yet every Christian is called to be selfless and to serve. Some people have the spiritual gift of giving. But yet every Christian is called to give of their tithes and offerings. Some are gifted and they excel. They have a natural bent. They are born with those giftings that way. But yet every Christian has a responsibility for some aspect of giving, some aspect of serving. And I would argue every Christian has the ability to lead at a biblical level. I'm not saying you have the spiritual gift of leadership, but you are to lead right where you are at with what God has given to you. So what are these five words? The first of what biblical leadership is, it's this, it's it's influence. Every single person that follows Jesus has influence. Whether you're young or old, single or married, male or female, you have influence. Influence begins with a choice. And it's not a question if you're influencing somebody. It's a question, are you a good influence or a bad influence? A positive influence or a negative influence? Leadership, it's not your personality, it's about influence. See, you and I will give an account for what we did with the influence that God has given to us. Well, you said this is rooted in Scripture, and it's about time we get to some Scripture, because I don't know how I feel about this. Well, good. Look at your Bible, Matthew five fourteen. What's it say to us? You, what? You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Now, salt influences food. It, it, it changes the food. The food is not the same when you put salt in it. It preserves some food. And so, by Jesus' words here on the Sermon of the Mount, you, who are following me, are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. When you turn on the light switch, light comes on and darkness flees. It, it, it changes things. It influences things. It has an impact. It, it is a change agent. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. Now, now, check this out. I love this part. This is so cool. It doesn't say you are given a salt packet and you are given a book of matches. So you have salt and you have light. It's not what it says. It's Jesus' words. You are the salt. You are the light. Friend, greater is He that is in you than he that is in the world. And we need to understand that when you are a Christian, the old has gone, the new has come. He has created a new thing in you. And you, being a follower of Jesus, is now an influencer for Christ. It's a contradiction to say, I'm a Christian and I have no influence. You're not a Christian. You may be like a religious person. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you will have influence. And I want to argue this morning that being an influencer is being a biblical leader. Second, leadership, it's not just about influence, it's about perspective. You know the difference between a follower and a leader? And we need them both, and we play both roles all the time, we should. But the difference between a follower and a leader is how you look at things. It's about perspective. The difference between a good leader and a great leader is better perspective. Right, mom and dad? When you lead your child... They see things what well, only they can see, the here and now. But as you guide them, as you lead them, you're using your perspective. You can see farther than they can see. You've lived things that they haven't lived. And so you lead them and you guide them with your perspective. Perspective is a big part of leadership. Now here's what's cool. Look at Second Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. This next part's awesome. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary and what is unseen is eternal. Don't lose heart. How? It's in perspective. Be inwardly renewed day by day. How? It's by godly perspective. Now, how could Paul say this? Light and momentary troubles. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was in prison. Friends, I pulled a muscle in my leg. And I pulled everybody I've seen this week because my leg hurts. I'm a wimp. If I'm in pain, I want everybody to know I don't suffer very well. And, and so you're here and you're my friend. I'm going to tell you, my leg hurts. and There's no big story. I just did something dumb and pulled my leg. But, but, but I'm going to whine about it. I don't deal with that very much. How could Paul say, ah, it's no big deal, slight momentary troubles, he was beaten, he's in jail, shipwrecked twice. Well, the scripture tells us, in comparison to the glory it is bringing God, it doesn't even compare. He's not a glutton for punishment. He doesn't love pain. He didn't go out on Friday night and say, hey, let's go get thrown in jail. That sounds fun. No. But in comparison to what? Now, how did he do this? Because my eyes are not fixed on what is seen, my eyes are fixed on what is unseen. And God gives perspective. Christians are leaders because they have influence, they are salt and they are light. Christians are leaders because they can see what God gives them sight for as they look to what is beyond. Amen? That's truth, that's good. That's okay if if you don't get it yet. we got more time. We will be done by midnight, I promise. Now, some of you are scared. That was a joke. Don't be scared. Leadership third is about service. Now, we have had a skewed idea of leadership because people have perverted God-given biblical leadership, and every person here has been around a leader who perverted leadership, and they served out of their own self-interest. We see it in politics. We see it at the office. We see it in homes. We see it all over the place where people lead out of what they can get or what they deserve or what they want, but that's not biblical leadership. Biblical leadership is about serving somebody else. Matthew 20, 25-28 says, But Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lord it, their leadership, over other people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. It's not among you it should be or it could be different. It will be different. Is it different among you, friend? When you have an opportunity to wield your influence, to give your perspective, is it different among you or is it just like the pagans that's serving themselves? Do you want to be first? Good news is, the Scripture doesn't say, don't desire to be first. It says, great, want to be first? You want to be successful? Good. Serve somebody. Not yourself. Somebody else. Lead where you are at. The Bible calls every believer to lead right where they are at. Some of us say, well, okay, maybe, maybe this is sound a little bit different, but not right now. It's not the right time. It's not the right place. Wait till the stars align. Wait till I'm recognized. Wait till I get that degree. Wait till I, hey, hey. Your influence is not because of you. It's because of God. Your your perspective is not because of you. It's because of God. Your call to serve is not because you're so noble and you're just Mother Teresa. No, it's because of God. And He is saying, now is the time. Where I have placed you is where I want you to lead. What I have given you is what I want you to lead with. Biblical leadership also is being responsible, number four, for truth. The first responsibility of leaders, first and foremost, is to define reality, to say this is what is real. And you can't define reality without the truth. Now, you can, but it won't be real, it'll just be false reality. You have been given the truth, the very word of God, living word of God in Jesus, and the written word of God, the Bible. And as leaders, we are called to digest, to eat, to be nourished by the written and the living word of God. And when we take in the truth, we are to give the truth. We are to speak the truth. Friend, we don't have an option as Christians. Should I share the truth or not? At home, lead. Speak the truth. At work, lead. Speak the truth. At school, lead. Speak the truth. Now, now, speak it in love. You don't need to be obnoxious. But, but speak the truth. This is hard. This part of leadership doesn't get dealt with very often because our culture is addicted to lying. We lie politically. We lie at the office. We lie in our homes. We lie everywhere. And so the truth is relative and it doesn't matter. But the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. This is what is actually happening. We can't figure out where we're going till we can figure out where we really are. To know how to get where we're going. And as Christians, we have the truth. We can define what is real, what is not real. The God-given gift of the Bible and the person of Jesus Christ is our truth. If you are a carrier of the Great Commission, if you are a Christian, you have the truth, Jesus, in you. You have His words, the Bible. We are to live that out. Number five, biblical leadership is integrity. Integrity is simply doing the right thing. James 4.17 talks to us about right and wrong. It's, it's a great biblical definition of sin. Anyone who knows the good that he or she ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. It's saying, God, this is what you want, but no, I want to do what I want instead of what you want. I want my way. It is lawlessness. That is sin. But integrity is doing what is right. What God wants. Every Christian is called To do what is right, I would suggest to us this morning that you and I are to lead right where we are at. If you're willing to exercise your influence, not in how skilled you are or how perfect you are, but the Jesus in you, you are salt, you are light. If you're willing to use the God-given perspective, not your opinion, not what you see, not because you're so optimistic, but when you get your eyes fixed on Jesus, your eyes not fixed on the things of the world, you see things differently, you need to speak that and lead because you're a follower of Jesus. If you are... Serving someone besides yourself, you are leading. If you are speaking the truth given to you from the Bible, you are leading. If you are living a life of integrity, you are leading. Well, Pastor Brady, I just thought that it was just for those certain people, friend. God chose to use you. I'm not God. I wouldn't have chose you. I wouldn't have chose me either. So don't get offended by that. But he chose you. Think about it. He could have reached the world any way he wanted to. I would have done lightning and white horses. That's what I would have done. Good thing I'm not God. God chose through His Son Jesus to make a way for you and I to have a relationship with Him. Not so we could be nice and neat and clean and comfortable to ourselves, but to lead around us and impact people around the world. We're going to talk more about the how of that next week, but it's my prayer that God will allow you to chew on this nugget of truth. As our musicians come, we're going to prepare to close this morning. And... Uh, I want to pray corporately together. The altars are always open. You're welcome to come pray anytime, But I'm not feeling led that way. If God's telling you to do that, then you, you obey Him. But, but we, we've taken in this information. But information without application is just boring smarts. But I'm praying that we will apply this. Brady, it's romaine, not rummage. I know, I know, my mom told me that too. Leaders are for just those smart people with degrees that are charismatic and everybody wants to get behind them. And I know, I know, I know, I live in the same world you do. Do you have influence? Are you salt? Or are you light? Do you have God's perspective? Are you obeying His call to serve someone besides yourself? Are you digesting and willing to give the truth that you take in from God's Word? Are you living a life of integrity? Then friend, the Bible says you will impact the world to a great degree. That's what Moses did. That's what Priscilla did. That's what Gideon did. That's what Timothy did. And God wants to use you. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Word that stretches us today. And I confess that there's times when when I read Your Word, it just it just doesn't quite seem like what I'm used to. But God, I thank You that You don't just let me stay used to what I'm used to. You lead me where I'm supposed to go. And so God, as we follow hard and fast after You and we become great followers of You, would You cause us to be great leaders, leading people to follow You. So God, rip from us the excuses that it's somebody else's job to stand up. Rip from our excuses that it's somebody else's job to to be in part of a ministry. God, I pray that You will tap us on the shoulder and remind us greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. It's in Your powerful name, Jesus, I pray these things. Amen and amen. I leave you with this verse. Philippians 4.13 Many of you have it memorized, but I think many people don't believe it to be true. I do. I want you to. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not some, not most, not what's comfortable, not what other people say that I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Would you stand with me?